everyone. Welcome back to the Scrum Heads NRL podcast. I am joined by former Newcastle Knights, Queensland and Australian flyer, Robbie O. Davis. How's it going, mate? I'm happy, mate. I'm a bit more concerned about the name of your podcast. Scrum Heads, does that mean what, you got a head like the butt of mullet or you have a <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just a matter of, I was trying to think of something catchy. There's already one called Seven Tackles, I think, or Six Tackles. There's another okay. one called Zero Tackle. I thought, you know what? Let's go with scrum heads because, you know, got your head in the game sort of thing. Yeah, all right, mate. I'll, I'll run with that. I haven't put my head in the scrum too many times in my career, so <laughs> maybe you got the pr- maybe you got the pretty boy on the, on the line. <laughs> Possibly. So, basically, I'm going to start off with a few basic questions. Number one is, when you were 16, you played senior league with your father. What was that like, being able to play and have that father-son moment with him? It's pretty good, obviously. Um, it was a small town, being in Toowoomba. Yep. And... Dad had been uh, like a shadow player for the first state of origin in uh, 1980. Uh, yep. You know, he played Queensland Country in – when you play Queensland Country, you play in the Panasonic Cup or the, the Amco Cup, it was called back then, yep. different years, yep. where you'd actually play the Sydney club. So you'd actually – you know, you get a shot at playing against the big boys. And So he was a bit of a legend himself. So um, he was very well known in the town. And, um, yeah, I just got – at the age of 15, I played um, for one club yep. on one side of Toowoomba, which was called the Newtown Lions, which sort of looked like Newtown Jets. Yep. Same colours and, and branding. Yep. And after that game at the age of 15, they sort of said, oh, you can go back down to 16s now. And I went, well, hang on, I've just played first grade. I'm, I'm a first grader. I'm not going back <laughs> to 16s. Yeah, fair and enough. They, yeah. Yeah, so I had a bit of an argument with the club, and the, the club on the other side of town, Valley, said, I will take you as a senior player. So... Sure enough, I went on the other side of town to, to Valleys, and part of the deal was sign yourself and my father up. I'll come and play with you. So they signed oh, nice. us both up That's in a package ass. deal. I just turned 16, and we played East from Brisbane, come down, coached by Johnny Lang. Yep. Um, yep. In a, nice. like a, He's in synonymous a with the NRL. Yeah, yeah. So and as, as it turned out, mate, Langy was in that, in the, coaching that side. I was the 5'8 for the side in the trial match, and... Oh, nice. The score, the score ended up um, 46 to 6, I think they beat us, or 36 to 6. Oh, oh that's, and, um, that's not too good. No, well, when you play the country towns, you don't sort of you know, go too well against the big boys in the city. And, yeah, fair And call. as it turned out, mate, Johnny Lang sort of seen a 16-year-old kid that scored the only try and kicked the only goal against him and <laughs> said, I'll, I'll, I'll take this bloke with me. So within half a year of, um, you know, playing with Johnny Lang in, in um, Brisbane, yep. I've uh, got a call up in the first grade just turned 17 and played first grade with Johnny Lang oh, and then nice. just had to play my first first grade game at Lang Park and Newcastle Knights were playing the next day and then I signed up for Newcastle Knights the very next day because I scored, scored two tries in that first game. So you definitely impressed the, the scouts and whatnot at that game for sure. Yeah, so I sort of hit, hit them all pretty pretty early and um, but mate, playing with Dad was awesome because, you know, we I think right from the word go, he, he come and he tapped the ball for white wire you know, 130 kilo front row would tap the ball from penalty. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I just remember him tapping the ball right in front of the little grandstand, and he said, "Listen, son, just stand the left hand side of me down the blind. So I'm going to tap this. I'm going to run to the line. I'm just going to pop a little short one to you. Yep. So you're going to not, not expect at all me give you that freaking ball, little fellow like you. Like, you yeah. know, I think I was like 68 kilos. Oh, far just out. Gonna, so I just expect me to just run up and fall down. Yep. And and I'll just pop a little one to you down the short side, and away you go. Nice. I said, bloody, great idea, you know. This dad's been in the game for a long time, you know. Origin player, this, that, that. Like, he knows, he knows. So, Definitely. anyway, big fellas tapped the ball and just stood there. And the other team, which was East, obviously, just 
Yep. They started moving up, then they paused, and they moved up a bit quicker. And then he just turned around and handed the ball straight to me. And just as they hit hit me, um, he just bent, bent over the top of me and just went, welcome to first grade, son. <laughs> that, was, that was my first first grade touch, and he actually, um, yeah, he, he got buried buried by my old man. And uh, <laughs> I think in the second half, I had a chance to, uh, obviously a little smart 5'8", and I yep. was also a strong, strong touch player at the time, so yep. I wasn't too, too bad with the ball in my hands. And I seen Dad, hands on knees were on the other side of the field, and I had this little move that involved the halfback coming around me and sort of popping a little short ball to him through the middle of us type thing. And yep. I seen him, seen him on the other side of the field, and he had hands on hips, and he's done a lot of work, the big fella. And, and I, I give the call for double-doubles. Double-doubles was the move we put on when yep. he had to come across there, so... His eyes lit up, and he ran 60 metres from the other side of the field to get him in position for this big double-double move. And the little halfback come around, and he just worked a treat. The, the line opened up, and just as I went to give the ball to the big fella, I yeah. pulled it back out of his hands and chucked it over to the winger, and the winger scored in the corner with me dad standing in the in goal area. Nice. And, and he just looked at me, and I just went, yeah, mate, welcome to first grade, big fella. And I just, <laughs> I just giggled at him. Nice. Yeah, and he even says to this day, mate, just – by doing that back to him in the field of playing my first first grade game, that I was always going to be more clever than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. He, he was always a scrum head, that bloke. <laughs> nice, nice. Tangenting on to the second question, it kind of actually ties in with your debut. How and what were your thoughts and feelings for when you were told by the coach of the Knights that, you know, you're going to get your debut, you're going to go running onto the field for the first time in the ARL? What was your emotions from the moment you were told you're getting your first game this week to running onto the field and all that. Like, explain that moment for us. Well, pretty surreal, I guess, being a, a boy that got adopted to the town. And yep. um, in Queensland, down here, doesn't go over too well. So. No, definitely <laughs> not. I'm a Queenslander no, myself. Yeah, I, was, I suppose I was lucky that a Queenslander was actually the captain of the Newcastle Knights at the time, being Michael Hagen. So that, yep, that did definitely, help. Definitely, yes. And uh, Adrian Brunker, uh, which I replaced, yep. he was also a Queenslander. So yeah, I replaced a Queenslander with Queensland. Didn't didn't work out too bad, I guess. No, that's pretty um, good. Yeah, as it turned out, mate, I, I was sitting at Curry Curry Case doing diesel mechanics. Oh, and nice. I was sitting in the room, and the phone rang, and they said, "Oh, you want on the phone?" I walked out, and the guy says, "David, wait." And, I'll, and he just replaced Alan McMahon as a coach. Yep. And I said, oh, yeah, piss off, mate. Who is it? He goes, it's David Wade. And I said, oh, okay, whatever you reckon. So we got on the phone. Yeah, mate. And said, Rob, it's Wadey. Uh, Adrian Brunker's on the way in the origin. Ashley Gordon's just kicked the ground and tore his quad muscle. You're in first grade this weekend. Oh. And, and I don't know if it's a family show, but I just went, mate, fuck off. Who is it? <laughs> and he goes, he goes uh, Robbie, if you're not here by 2 o'clock, I'll pick someone else. Oh. So I hung the phone up. Yep. And I had a bit of a think about it for a while, and I walked it back into the, the curry tape teacher in front of all the students. Yep. And uh, I said, listen, mate, can I be honest with you? I said, I've been doing this tape shit for about three months. Yep. I said, we're doing diesel mechanics, and I don't even know where to put the fucking oil, honestly. <laughs> yeah, fair call. I said, mate, I said, I just got chosen in first grade. I'll never, ever work again. I'm out of here. I just, and I walked out, and everyone was cheering me out of the room. And yeah, no, that's, that would have been triumphant uh, as hell, dude. That's awesome. Oh, mate. Anyway, as it turned out, mate, drove in the most rewarding drive of my life to the most difficult at the same time because I've given up an occupation yep. for something. That could only uh, be temporary. For, for, for a dream. And yeah. if I was to get injured, they always talk about it. If you get injured, mate, what else you got to fall back on? And so I, I give up all that just to take on my, my dream as a sportsman. Mate, I've done a few things in the game. It's leading into the game that were just exciting. It was just, just being part of Pacific Beans 
I was 72 kilos at the time. You know, you had the Chiefs, Harrigans, and the Mark Sargents, and they were just yeah. massive, massive big men. Huge. The boys. And we had no Johns boys there. We had no Adam Ewers. We had all, none of the new breed come through yet. Just all the old old heads that just it pretty much lived their life of knocking people's heads off their shoulders. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the way they won the, the games in the early years. They just Back when the shoulder the charge most, was legal and unlimited tackles. Exactly. Being the most dangerous side, not the most skillful. So, yeah. Um, and they always talk about coming up for them first three or four years to the Newcastle Knights. They'll just, you'd always go, go bash. You might get the points, but you'd always go away bash. Mm-hmm. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. But no, anyway. Unfortunately, um, in my opinion, yeah, it, it needs to have a bit more bit more grunt put back in the game, in my opinion. No, that's right. That's right. But, mate, and then obviously become the most skillful side in years to come when the Johns boys become involved and the Tahoes and the Alberts and the oh, whatever yeah, else. But for sure. Le- yeah, but leading to that, I just had massive human beings around me and, um, mate, even his roommate Glenn Miller, he was, you know, a hundred and ten kilo winger. Oh. He was on he, he was on the other wing, you know. Oh, so, um, so and I was, mate, I, I tried to get in the game early. There's a few things that happened that um, led to, you know, the crowd getting off their seats. We had a little chip by Matty Rodwell over to the bottom corner. I sort of raced through and I scooped it with one hand and put it just inside the corner post. But one one foot hit the line and his shoulder hit the corner post when you couldn't hit it and all that sort of stuff. So. It was like definitely not a tie but it was enough to get everyone on their feet. Yeah. And that buzz was just enough. And it was against East Eastern Suburbs and that. Yep. Because uh, they were police back then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was enough to. I've got to have a piece of it. I've got to have some more. I've got to get that crowd off their feet. What should I do? How should I do it? I'm the new kid on the block. I can't get the ball in my hand. You know. I, so all this is going against me. I just couldn't get the ball. And then I jumped into marker. And I remember I, I done a tackle and jumped into marker. And my the rest of my football career just flashed. Crash before my eyes, and you have talk about these guys that make breaks, and how do they come up with that that um, you know, flick pass or that in the spare moment come up with that ultimate play? Yeah. And for someone that with vision, and most I, I suppose the halfbacks and fullbacks and stuff have really got good vision for the game, and um, and I always had really good vision also. So um, people that they can turn a quarter of a second effort to make it look like. It was, it was a lifetime, you know, so yeah. it four seconds. So, mate, what happened was I was sitting up there at marker and I just made a tackle and for once with, without the ball in my hand, I had an opportunity to do something. I looked up and I just seen the rest of my life just flash between me and it flashed between my eyes and I went, this is it. This is the thing that's going to get me a first break for the rest of my life. So, yeah. um, they played the ball. They passed it back to, to this bloke. Yep. He kicked the ball. I ran out from marker and I just put my elbow straight on the end of his chin. And, oh, uh, nice. Got called over by the referee. The yep. referee just give me a, give me a warning yep. and said, "I oh, will look at that after the game, sort of thing." It yep. just so happened that um, I clean knocked out Gary Freeman, which oh. was the Kiwi Kiwi captain. So oh, I just, like out. I said, I I just looked at him. I went, "Everyone hates this," yep. and he was a Kiwi captain. And yep. I went, the, "The test had just got played against Australia," and I said, "Mate, this is my life right here." And I just went and clean knocked out Kiwi <laughs> captain, <laughs> and nice. uh, I got war- I got warned. Yeah, so I just yep. got let off the next day because it was him. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> And that was it, mate. Dave Wade came up to me after the game and said, mate, good, good first trial. Love the way you've done it. Good first game, sort of thing. And yep. um, so I like, like your enthusiasm, you tough little bastard. We'll see you on the, on the paddy again next week. So Oh, nice. Next week, I go down to Cogger and I run the length of field and score the try. And that was, that was me. Nice. The rest of my life, so. What was that feeling, scoring your first try in the first grade within a matter of, like, literally two games being played? Well, it was, it was good at the fact that 
Oh, so I'd actually moved back to fullback. Brad got in fullback for the game. Yep. And I'd been playing fullback in reserve grade. Yep. Um, and that was your was prefer- preferred position? I was always a 5'8". Always, nothing but a 5'8". So yep. I'd come down as a 5'8". And uh, obviously Michael Hagen was a 5'8". Yeah. Um, I got put back under 19s. And Robbie Chu was a 5'8". Also from Toowoomba. Yep. He, um, first point scorer. He just said, and I'll never forget it. Um, he said, mate, you're too quick to be a 5'8". Get on the wing. Yeah. And my answer to him, which is probably the answer that you don't say to a coach, was just because you're a big, fat, slow 5'8", doesn't mean I have to be. <laughs> so yeah. he's, he's, he made me. He made me as a winger fullback, but broke me as a 5'8". <laughs> yeah, fair call. I suppose you don't say that to the coach, especially the guy that scores the first first points of the night. So. Yeah, so definitely any, not. Anyway, yeah, he was, he was a skinny 5'8 when he played the night. So. <laughs> he, was a, he was a big man when he coached me. Still is big. Um, yeah, so as it turned out, mate, I... Um, Got moved to fullback and they kicked in the bottom corner of Cogger and it wasn't about the uh, the, the score and the 60 metre, 70 metre try. It was more about Ricky Walford, um, Michael Beattie yep. were the two origin centres that, that year. Yep. And um, Mick Potter was the origin fullback that year. So I actually stepped through stepped through Beattie, Potter and um, and Ricky Walford to score the try. So they, I beat the three origin players. So then oh, they end up, if you, go, yeah, if you Google 92 um, tries a year, that actually got... Yeah, they got number one try of the year, that, that try, actually. I'll so. definitely Google that after this interview, mate. Far yeah. out. That'll be awesome, yeah, eh? Good. YouTube it, I mean, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah, good. Yeah. Um, so you, you played in Queensland's 95, three games to none win over New South Wales, right? And then that same year, you were selected for Australia. What level did you prefer and or love playing? Would you prefer and did you prefer playing at club, state or national? And also, what's the differences in intensity at club, state and national? Well, club club's still got its 15-minute window, you know, 15-minute yeah. of bash and barge where you're stopping them up and then the rap dancers sort of come into play and, you know, the, the big fellas get a bit worn out. Yeah. And it still happens. I, I know you've still got this interchange where they're running on, running off all the time, but um, still, it's still got that stopping up where yeah. when you get to origin level, there's, there's no stopping up. Just like like first run, hard out, hit them as hard as yeah. you can with the ball and tackle them as hard as you can from the get-go. Definitely, mate. You get hit by, for 80 minutes as hard as you did from minute one. So it's yeah. just non-stop. So you're playing for a state, not a town. So exactly. Sure, not a you're, you're playing for the pride of um, the state as well. You do. And then, and then when you get to um, the Australian level, yep. you're playing, playing with the best and it just seems like everything's easy. Yeah. It's like you've just, uh, you've just learned how to do a backflip and... You now can do backflips all the time. But yeah, learning, yeah. How, learning how to do a backflip is the hardest thing you've ever done. So, yeah, so yeah, it's just, nice. uh, yeah, so it's just, it's just like that. You just you get on the field and you go, oh, shit, why did I just flip that and there's someone there? Like, at club level, if I flipped that, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been there. So, exactly. yeah, it just, yeah, so everything just comes a little bit easier. Um, yep. We were so dominant back in, in my era. Definitely, that, definitely. Um, and for Australia, that you wouldn't really get that, that upfront confrontation. No, you wouldn't. Um, it wasn't playing with... Wasn't playing with Bloody, you know, you, you, a lot of them were just, yeah, just in it for the bloody payback, I guess. When Honestly, I, agreed. I, I, yeah. Um, but Origin, Origin's just, it's the real deal. Um, yeah. Even Origin nowadays with Origin, they still let them go hard and, like, Honestly, a few of the rules kind of go out the window. Um, even though there's new rules, you know, no shoulder charges, no this, that, the other nowadays. They still kind of let them let them go in state of origin because otherwise, if they don't get to get to do the hard hits, they're gonna fucking. I honestly don't know. They'll go crazy in the normal in the normal like home and away season. 
I reckon. Yeah, we can't we can't go out there and punch kids because it's the oh, biggest. Uh, oh, of course, it's the biggest on the TV. So and you you got every every kid watching it. Where, yeah. um, Whereas Queenslander, that infamous fight. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, just just coming through that era of football player where um with the Fatty Volton and yep. you know all that where we were just no hopers and all that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't enjoy the Origin camps as much when we all come back together because. Um, we were just, it was teams, the whole team would sort of come in, so the whole Broncos would come in, yep. and when we'd sort of try to mingle with them, they would tell their jokes and talk about someone they're hanging with or something they did, and you'd all laugh out loud, and you sort of just laugh with them, but not yep. understand what they're talking about. So yeah, because it was like inside jokes between those guys sort they, of thing. Yeah, and they tried to mix in, in amongst their, their friendship and conversation, but you just sort of felt a little bit of, you know, I'm out, and you know, yep. you sort of... Yeah, with them, but you've got to be the enemy again next week. You yeah, know, type thing. yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. yeah, but in, in club level, you're obviously best mates. And we come come up where oh, mate, most of us didn't have, we'd have a different girlfriend in our arm every week at the football and all that sort of stuff. And, <laughs> Fair enough. And, and a little bit of fun, and we all lived out of each other's house. You know, Jonesy, mate, you got any food in your house? No, Maddie might have some. Okay, so we'd go over there and <laughs> have nice. a meal. So we'd all sort of eat out of each other's houses. And we just, mate, just always hanging out together, which made us a special bond. And we could yeah. all, you're seven minutes away from each other's houses, no matter where you are in Newcastle. Where yeah, Sydney, pretty much. Yeah, if you're Sydney, you're playing for Eastern Suburbs, you might live at Penrith, you know, so you might not see the boys. So you just, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but the bond, the bond up here was awesome. It's, it's never going to be like that ever again because um, this team isn't full of people from this town anymore. You know? Yeah, They're, not full of Novocastrians anymore. There's only yeah. maybe a select few still that, like, you know, Novocastrians yeah, sort of thing. They pocket and then come to town a lot of them. You know, probably got their their wives and kids hanging off their arms too. So, yeah. um, it's not that same. It's just, it's not. It'll never be the same. Um, yeah. but but yeah, obviously mate, they all had the different traits. I think yeah. that Origin football to play to and compete in was awesome. Yeah. Um, when you get to a grand final level, there's no other game. That kind of ties in with the next question, if you don't mind me quickly asking that. Yeah, the 97 and the 01 grand finals, you were part of the winning Newcastle Knights teams, and in 97, you also got the Clive Churchill Medal. As you just said, there's nothing like it on earth in the grand finals. What is it like winning the grand final and also yourself at receiving the Clive Churchill medal? Like, what what are those feelings like when the final siren goes and you guys are the winners? When you're playing for a town rather than a team, yes, yeah. it's, it's real. It's really important. It's a big thing, and to celebrate with the town was just crazy. It, mm. it was it was just to see the emotion that led up to the actual game and winning and all that sort of stuff yeah. um, and then playing in it and then just emotion afterwards look once again you just never ever get that again um, yeah. and you couldn't get that in 2001 again because um, people knew about the party in, in 97 and yeah. <laughs> people yeah. and half the people that come to party with us from, from 2001 weren't even from Newcastle they just went oh the party was sick in 97 we, we all thought we'd come up from Sydney we thought we'd come from so you actually stayed and party with people from that weren't from Newcastle because they, they had the party still recovering from in 97. Oh, um, I don't know. So, it was, yeah, 97 was just unbelievable. I remember going home 2 o'clock um, after the Screaming Jets concert in the morning. I'd, nice. I'd been running and some for some reason just jumping off the end of the brewery, just run as quick as I can and <laughs> jumping off. And um, then about five or six blokes after me just followed and we all doing bomb dives and carrying on. And, um I was walking down the street, and as I was walking down the street, freezing cold, and everyone left, and I was just shivering, 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 and I seen the um, one of the pubs, which is, 
uh, just down the main street somewhere, and, yep. and seen a lady in there cleaning, and I just knock on the door, like, let me in. Oh, no, 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 little Asian lady. No, no, no. Uh, come and let me in. I'm freezing. No, no, no. And in the background was the publican doing the keg, and he spotted me, and he's coming, Bobby O, come in. Um, CBD, it was called it. It was called the CBD. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah. He said, come in, come in, mate. Just come and have a beer. I said, I don't want to be. I've been drinking two days straight. I said, I need some, I need a sleep, big fella. I need a sleep. So he goes, yeah, okay, come over here. Just put your head on the bar. So I put my head down the bar, and he put a beer in front of me. And I, I remember just waking up in the bed. And oh, nice. As I woke up in the bed, there was two police officers over the top of me, and oh. I, the, the guy to take me up and put me in bed up at the, in the motel at the um, CBD. Yep. And the two police officers stand over the top of me, and I just woke up half cut, just going, mate, what have I done? They're going, come and get up. I was, oh, geez. So they walked me out and chucked me in the back of a paddy wagon. I've just got my head between my legs, just, what have I done? I, I've been drunk for two days, and yep. I've uh, the doors, the, the place is uh, the bloody van stopped, the yep. doors opened, the cops grabbed me. They pulled me out and chucked me in the front door of the, the Kent Hotel. Yep. And they said, we've been sent to go get you. The boys couldn't find you. So, uh, <laughs> nice. honestly, to get taken from a, a pub to a pub in the back of a paddy wagon was pretty That's pretty actually, yeah, that's, the, you definitely would have been thinking, shit, what have I done while I've been drunk yeah. and not knowing what I've done? Like, mate, they kept us together for the whole week. They was, it was so cool. That's um, the so cops, good. Mate, um, Chief ducked off home a couple of times because his ankles were too swollen. The cops would go pick him up and bring him back to us. And oh, he nice. just had bare feet for the whole week. Um, <laughs> nice. uh, the Christchurch, Christchurch that, being a Queensland, I, I didn't. I won the medal, but I didn't sort of think too much of a medal. I, I just went, oh, well, it's Christchurch, so I've heard of him. Yeah. But it was the Wally Lewis medal. Um, oh, yeah. So I've got the Wally Lewis medal that year. I got the same year I got the Wally Lewis and medal. And what was that like receiving oh, the Wally Lewis medal? <laughs> It, it was it was awesome, but just the wrong person to give it to me. So uh, Dawn, if you don't mind Dawn me asking, who, who presented it to you? Yeah, Dawn Fraser. So uh, where if it had been Wally um, or, or Alfie or anyone like that? Well, I did. I just needed Wally to present it, and Wally hated that um, Origin series or something. And he just he wasn't there for it, and and it was, I actually was sick. I think he might have been sick that year as Wally. And yep. Dawn Fraser did it, and it just was wasn't the same. Getting Dawn, I love Dawn. She's a good Australian, but. A year ago, I was walking through the um, the grandstands doing a promotion at the Origin in, in Brisbane, yep. and I seen Dawn sitting there. I just walked over and I shook her hand. I said, "Oh, Dawn Fraser, Robbie Davis," and she gave me this real sour old look on her face. And oh. I said, "Oh, I just want to say you handed me quite uh, the Wally Lewis medal back in '97. I just want to say thank you very much. I haven't seen you since." And she said, "Who?" And I said, oh, "It's Robbie <laughs> Davis, Dawn." And I said, oh, "You give me a Wally's medal? What what, what medal?" I said, oh, okay, so so it was disappointing that. I got it off someone that probably doesn't give a yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't give a fat rats about the game sort of thing. But at home, mate, I've got the Wally Lewis medal sitting on a big medal piece and nice. the Clive Churchill medal on, in my drawer. I think I don't even know where it is. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's great, great thing to have. Um, good, good talking point. I every grand final day, I put it in my pocket and I'll take it down to Sydney see if I get any free entries in nightclubs and stuff. Yeah, nice, so nice. I have a bit of, and that's honest, true. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> the boys think it's the funniest thing they ever see, but. Anyway. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so most players have a pre-game ritual. You know, some like to relax to music, some like to train hard right before the game. What was your pre-game ritual if you had one? Uh, as you can see, I'm a bit of a habit chat. I just make sure I'm talking to every bastard, keeping them entertained, I yep, guess. Yep, yep. I, I, I never ever put shoes on differently or yep. no, none of that sort of was applicable. I just always made sure I um, yeah, was just... Always talking to someone, entertaining, dancing around if there was music. Mark Hughes, what was it like playing with him and then finding out his unfortunate cancer diagnosis a few years ago? Like, what was it like playing with him? Yeah, he's a, he's a good kid. Usually, he was a he come through and he had 
you know, he's the, the guy with the snake hips and the, yep. the shoulders that look like a coat hanger. And he just sort <laughs> yep. of didn't think that much going for him. He just hit a bloody good hole and he's a good defender. And, and he had some of the best players in the world putting the ball on his chest again and again and again. And he just became the most consistent, you know, hard-working player in the, in the side. I remember because um, I was quite young when he started up at the Knights. Don't get me wrong. Unfortunately, I don't follow the Knights. But I've, right. I've been brought up to watch it as unbiased as possible. You know, watch every game that you can, not just your team. And he, he was he was a machine when like from what I remember watching him and watching replays of you know highlights on YouTube and stuff he was he, he was as you were saying quite a young quite a good young gun by the looks. Well, he he fell in for me a fair bit. Yeah. Um, had a lot of injuries and stuff. Um, I got put out of the game for a year and mm. '98 and a year and a year of um with a broken foot. So he played a couple of years at fullback, which got him in the state of origin side. And I remember him actually dropping a bomb or something in the oh, state of origin no. and when he dropped it in, in the origin i just went mate that's so unlike him he just he actually made a mistake he's, he's human this bloke yeah of course so mate he was just a good bloke we we had so much talent in that side it, any kid could come into that side and make make him make good of themselves you know it was just yeah. have around have around all that you know that the football brains like that yeah. matthew and andrews and big chief up the front knocking people out it's, it's pretty pretty good school to walk into yeah, um yeah. yeah and then we um then he got he obviously got crooked. Yeah. Um, at the time, we we all we all have our own problems in life, you know. Unfortunately, of course. Mar- Mark's was uh, sickness um, through brain cancer. Yeah. Um, at the same exactly the same time, I was uh, standing on the edge of a cliff, trying to jump off with um, uh, brain injury. So I I had my own battles to yeah. fight, but I didn't I didn't go public with it. I just had to fight them myself. Yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't really because it wasn't showing up on Mark's house and, you know, giving him the love that he probably deserved and needed and all that sort of stuff. I, I was struggling with my own. Yeah, you're going personally. for your own blue shoes sort of thing. I was. So um, I, I don't even see Mark anymore. I don't see many of the players anymore and all that sort of stuff. And yep. and that, that might be a little bit of my own fault, but not my own fault. I sort of like I, I neglected him because of my own, my own because brain you, well, yeah, and you also um, you've got to prioritise yourself when it comes to those sort of severe things over anyone else, if that makes sense. Well, that's right, that's right. And um, like, down the track, you know, something's got to be done to help the brain injury in, exactly. in, in all our sporting games. And now, the beautiful part of our lives, our, our bloody women are playing as well. So, oh, that's that's wonderful. I think that's such a good initiative. Well, it's going to be done. I, I've just started my stuff, so I'm um, going to try to start. The same sort of thing as Mark's doing, but yep. with for, for brain injury rather than, and just focus solely yep. on on contact sports. Yes, none of my money will be going to um, research. It'll just be going straight to the the heart of the the problem, which is obviously wheelchairs and and yep. uh, getting people fixed and giving them money to help them out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, giving um, it back so to the community if if they can't afford it, you'll help them out, sort of thing. The charity that's the way it's got it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it's going to be. I'm, I'm going to try to visit yep. um, every single club and talk to them. And all, so that's that's my goal. That's what I'm going to try to do. It's taken me a long while to do it, but I had to I had to get my own head right before I could. I've always <coughs> but I've had to get my own head right yep. before I could move along them lines. Otherwise, I'd be sitting in front of people sick and yeah, staggering exactly. around and not, not getting the point across. So exactly. that's all sorted out now. But yeah, so mate, it's just just great times. Great times having them medals and um, winning them grand finals. 2001 was. Another one I thought, um, as good as the player was on the night, being young Andrew Johns, I thought Ben Kennedy was our was our rock star. I thought he was yeah, definitely amazing. Yeah, now when you have the um, 
when you have zero mistakes in the first half of any football game, you're going to end up always end up um, 24 points ahead. They called one forward pass, I think, on Danny Vadaris down the short side to, to Steve Simpson, but it was just flat. It wasn't even a forward. So we just called it a perfect, perfect half of, half of football. Definitely. And yeah. that that ref called that. I think just because they knew they hadn't blown the whistle once in the whole game. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a shit call. But yeah, it's just one of Danny's no look passes. That was just short and that was a half a meter pass that was just flat. And it, we just called it a perfect half football, 24 nil down. Yeah. And instead of going in, putting our heads down um, with the with the, the ability we had in the room and the, the bloody psychopath players that we had in the room, yeah. instead of going, just going in there and putting our head down and saying, mate, let's go ahead and do the job again, we we're in there bloody whistling and yahooing and carrying. <laughs> Oh, wow. And before you know it, we're bloody we're coming back at us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair call. Um, but as, as good as Joey is, mate, I remember Joey sitting behind the try line saying, um, boys, we got this, we got this. And then they score a try. Boys, we got this. Yep. And then they score another one. And then they come within six points of us. And we got a couple disallowed. I put my ball on, on Hindmarsh's leg and Steve Simpson put the ball on Hindmarsh's leg on the other side of the field. Yeah. So we got held up twice and it could have blown out to bloody 50 points if if you sort of got the ball out of the line then two times. Yeah, for, um, for sure. And I remember Joey, after about four four times, he had to say, we got this, we got this. He actually got behind the try line six points, seven minutes ago, um, six points ahead we were, and he just looked us all in the eyes. He goes, boys, I got this. That's all he said. <laughs> he, he went from we got this to I got this. And as soon as he said that, he kicked the 40-20, got yep. him up the other end of the field, and... He, he, there's a picture it's a, and it's still I just look at it now where he's jumping in the air with the water bottle in his hand just yeah. punching the air um, is this, and that was the to- time he kicked the 40-20 just to say mate oh, shit I did I did do it you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. we sort of played football played the end of the game down there and that, that was the end of the game so yeah nice yeah. Um, pretty good so you retired at the end of the 2004 season what was it like running onto the field for the last time is there anything you miss about the game and anything you don't miss uh, I miss the game every day of the week, mate. I, yeah. I, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I, I tied before my time. Um, Do you reckon you could have, if your body had allowed it, you could have gone maybe three more seasons sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I opted not to go to England. I, I didn't want to be that guy that went over there and forgot, forgotten. You know, yeah. you come back in a town and you couldn't get a job and that sort of stuff. But, yeah. Um, so I, I tried to stay loyal to the club, tried to stay loyal to the town and you don't uh, you don't see run. that much anymore. N- not, not just the nah. Super League in general, but I mean, like you don't really see many one club men nowadays. No, yeah, I had the um, I had the Russell Crow office sitting on the table and all that sort of stuff to go to rivalry clubs, and I just couldn't imagine running out that middle of that stadium without a red and blue jersey on. So I, I decided to retire instead of um, pursue money and yep. and dreams anywhere else. So, and yeah, it's just it's just the worst decision in my life to a point where um. Uh, you know, ten ten months later, they were they hadn't won a single game. Um, oh, far they, they were ten and zero. Two thousand five, they were ten and zero. But they did at the same time. They they sacked Ben Kennedy. They sacked Tamara Tahus and sacked Craig and and Innes, Michael Innes. Yeah, Michael Innes. Yeah, he and, went uh, up to the Broncos. That, I think the year after that for a year or two. Um, yeah, and then he um so he went to um Harrow or someone first before he went to the Broncos. Yeah. Um, Canterbury maybe. Somewhere then come back to Canterbury. Yeah. Um, and then they the big big um Snowzel, um the big front rower, um Parsons. So yeah. they they took the whole heart out of that team. Pretty much. <laughs> and uh said try to win. So they, they lost ten in a row and wonder why they bloody lost ten in a row. So um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, so enough. that was I, I, I went with regret. So running on the field I had mixed emotions because obviously um I was a bit of a crowd crowd man. I always Yeah, you always love pumping up. up the crowd and all that. 
Yeah, I always talk to him after tries and always stays back after after a game, walking around the field. So nice. first first week to go there, last to leave. So emotional for the crowd that they yep. didn't get to see him no more and I didn't see them anymore, but also mixed emotions that it was my last game and I wasn't ready to retire. Yeah. Um, and now still at the age of 46, I'm super fit. <laughs> I probably yeah. could have played for I, I just played football two years ago, actually, for a team. So, oh, fair enough. Um, up in Gloucester, so I, I still got it in my blood. <laughs> so, nice. Um, yeah, so that, that was... That was hard walking off the ground for that last bit of time, um, and mate, the, the game was pretty cool. We got our boys help me win it, which was which is pretty that, cool. That I, was pretty I guess. special, yeah. yeah. It was. It was a good one against uh, Tigers, which was my favourite team as a kid. So I got oh, to play nice. Balmain as my favourite team as a kid. So that was pretty good. Nice. We've got a few more questions for you, but just turning yeah. to a little bit of the darker side of your career in 98 there was yeah talk uh, about me marriage no no mate <laughs> sorry <laughs> there, there, yeah, yeah. there was a steroid doping debacle including yourself and yep. other teammates but i'll only ask you because i don't i don't want you to speak for other people if you could tell us sorry. about the man behind that moment and you know why did you do it etc so we as the fans can get an understanding of what it's like in that position i'd, I'd love to and i've been trying to get on get on one of these paul kent shows yep on uh years and the reason why Maddie won't get me on him because he Paul Kent's shit scared of me because he knows he, he done me wrong what happened was there was no Red Bulls no um, energy drinks no nothing to get you up nothing to get you probably orange then. juice and maybe fucking Powerade if you were lucky that's all you do mate you, you, there was no pre-workouts in gyms and there was yep. just nothing so just had a baby yep. the year before and I was the best trainer I was always been the best trainer the nights and had had the baby year before, and I went from getting up, running the roads early in the morning, overtraining, doing what I had to do, become a first grader, to yeah. not being able to get out of bed. Just as new young dad couldn't, you know. Yeah, so because you were so tired from because of the yeah. the young bub keeping you yeah, awake. Just, be, just being a dad. So yep. I'm just in the gym one day, and mate, the grand final had been won. Um, we'd started the new season off. We'd played, you know, two or three games in the new season, mm-hmm. and I the first two games of 1998. I, Fair games, but didn't play real well. I just get, get and I just sit, sitting there, and I was just tired as all hell in the gym one day. And um, I was reading a book, uh, a, a muscle book, American muscle book, yep. on um, is by a guy called Bill Phillips. And yep. Bill Phillips is owned AES. AES is a company owned was the biggest supplement company in the world. Yep. And all the American um, uh, athletes are sponsored by AES. You know. They, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, the so, it was the one to be sponsored by sort of thing. Yeah, so if you, if you look up a video called Body for Life, yep. AES Body for Life, Bill Phillips, he had the Body for Life. They had um, they took ten people in, mm-hmm. and they had to the person that just took only his supplements for ten weeks. Yep. Um, with the best body would win a Maserati. Oh, and, far out. And, and it's been, yeah, it's been videotaped. They videoed the whole week. You had to take no supplements. You're not allowed to inject any steroids. Not allowed. You yep. had to just take his supplements only. Yep. Anyway, at the end of the 10 weeks, these guys were just looked amazing. They were ripped out, cut up. So he walked them all in the room. And I, I'll probably find the video at home somewhere. He walks them all in the room, and he opens up this shed, and there was 10 Ferraris sitting there, not 10 Maserati. There was not the one Maserati. He sold the Maserati yep. and bought 10, 10 Ferraris, and they all got a Ferrari each. Oh, and far out. There was no winner. They're just amazing. So yeah. Bill Phil has become very, very famous for that. So Bill Phil has writes this article going, Androstendione is the best pro-hormone on the market. Yeah. And I said to the bloke beside me, I said, mate, what's this Androstendione stuff? Yeah. He goes, oh, it's like energy drink. And I said, yeah? He goes, oh, it gets you going. I said, oh, right, he goes, Bill Phillips reckons it. I said, what's a pro-hormone? He said, it's like, it's already inside you, you know, you just, 
it's like water on a plant. It's just enhancing and it sort of thing. Yeah, he says, yeah, so it's not it's not enhancement, so it's steroids Sorry. adding to your body. Yeah. This yep. is all this is already inside your body. So yep. pro hormones are legal. Um yeah, and testosterone and stuff is illegal. Of course, so it's a pro hormone. So it's just something that's already in your body. It's just yeah. water in it to make it build. Yeah. Oh, mate. He goes, yeah, you can just get it from a guitar shopping center at the health food shop. Oh, nice. I said, oh, can you get me some? Yeah, no worries, mate. I'll get some next time I'm in there. So he comes in and just a tablet. He's going, bang, look at these tablets. Tell them the boys, I'm on these tablets. Like, they're supposed to be good for energy. Bill Phillips. And, and the boys just laughing and joking. And, you know, one, one, you know, just Billy, I think Billy had one. And they just all had these stupid tablets. It had it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. And, um, in the round seven, yep. um, against Fanola, against Fanola, we got pulling a drug test, and old mate in there goes, "Oh, you taking it?" I said, "Oh, mate, I, I've been taking. I took this Grana tablet this morning." And is that the I one? Is is that the tablet that old mate um, yeah, just, mentioned? Yeah, 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 you know, Grana. Yeah, just, yeah. And I said, oh, "I just took this Grana." I said, oh, and "I took this thing called um, Andra, Andra, Andro, and and I didn't even know the name of it." And yeah. the guy goes. He goes, mate, don't even worry about it. They don't even check, you know. I said, oh, well, it's Andrew something. He goes, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Don't even, don't even worry about writing it down. Yep. I said, oh, righty, mate. So, get him right down. So, he's done the piss test. Yep. 11 o'clock, a week later, 11 o'clock, I got a phone call from Asda. Yep. Uh, saying your B samples tested positive. Yep. And I, I went, oh, to what? They said, oh, we don't know. We have to see what it is and what sort of shit. And I said, oh, I, I just went, don't worry about it. I've just been taking this energy tablet. I said, it's not, it's not banned. It's not illegal. And they said, oh, it's got nothing to do with us. We're, we're just telling you that you're B-sampled. Yep. And I'm going, oh, okay. So I wasn't worried. I said, oh, yeah. So yep. half an hour later, Paul Kent rings up. Oh, he yeah. goes, listen, I've, I've just heard that you've tested positive to a B-sample. Uh, this is at 12 o'clock at night. He said, I've, I'm printing an article in the papers that say that you've uh, tested positive steroids. I said, oh, man, I beg your pardon. I said, who will tell you that? He goes, I've just got a pr- heard it from a pretty good source. Anyway, the next day in the paper, um, under... Roy Masters column. Yep. Paul writes Robbie Davis has tested positive B sample. So at the time, Roy Masters was on the ASDA committee. Yep. He's been on the ASDA committee. You're sworn to silence. Sworn. You're not. You sign an agreement to say you're not allowed to leak out any information. Yeah, definitely not. And and that's why they won't let me go on their shows because yeah. they know I'll get on there. Because they've done they've done you wrong, definitely. And so, um, as it turned out, I went rang up the nights the next day and said, "Listen, guys." Everyone knows what I was taking. I was just showing the boys. It's just this stupid diet tablet. It means absolutely nothing. The Knights called me in. They called in the ARL. Yep. The ARL come up, and they said, mate, it's all right. We're going to squash this. And yep. we, we know what this stuff is. We'll just get them to prove that it's that through this sample. And if it's that, it's not on the ban list. It's got nothing. And say, just we're going to slap you on the wrist and say, just leave alone. It's all good. Yep. So this all, this all happened in two days. Well, it would, have been, days. would have been a lot of stress and a lot of everything going through your head, you know, like a, yeah, excuse no, the word, a cluster. Good cause they, yeah, it was all good because I was just palming it off and it was all good. And As if it was nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah, I drove to my mum and dad's house and sort of told them, don't panic, I've tested positive, but it's just this dietary supplement, we'll just chuck it in the bin. And so nothing come of it. And then yeah. in the next two days, Ray Hadley gets on the footy show. Oh, yeah. And Ray Hadley gets on his freaking footy show, which he was commentating on with Fatty and that. Yeah, mate. And he just goes, Robbie O'Davis, he's a drug check. Kick oh. him out of our game. Oh, and fuck. And just made me, made Out's me illegal. Me- Made you it out to be a, a yeah. Made you out to be yeah, a, so a like a terrible player, you know, terrible morals. Yeah, mate, made you it, out to be worse to, than you were. So it turned from a slap on the wrist to a drug cheat, um, and then the next week, the next week, um, bloody Richards and Howe tested positive to injectables. The next week, so wow. I've gone, I've gone from taking the supplement, and then 
the whole three of us just walked into the courtroom together, mm-hmm. and they just put me in the same, exactly the same boat. They said, "Well, you've um, you've all tested positive. You're all going to cop the same punishment." Mm-hmm. And I remember walking out of my hearing, and I got given a one-year suspension for um, taking a, a tablet. Yep. And I knew and I knew them boys were injecting. Yeah. And uh, they just come out and they just said, they just said, oh, yeah, we cheated. We simple as that. And I remember walking past them two guys sitting in the alleyway of the, the courthouse yeah, in, the, in the thing. And I turned to them both and I said, oh, and yeah, so that, that, that's, that's just the honest truth of it, mate. Yeah, no, fair enough. We've always been, we, well, I mean, everyone, and honestly, to be honest, anyone with a brain knows that the media makes something out to be worse than it actually is regarding sports and everything in general. So uh, that's why I wanted to find out about the man behind that moment, you know? Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I started playing at 72 kilos in yep. first grade in, in 1992. Yeah, mate. I tested positive at 76 kilos, mm-hmm. and I retired at 78 kilos. So That's not too bad. I, that's pretty good. I put on six kilos being a first grade footballer, and now these kids these days, they go from 70 kilos to 120 kilos within a week. <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty... So, so sitting there and going, mate, he's a drug cheat and he's took the grand final off for Manly and all this sort of shit. It's it's just a lot of bullshit because I'm a, yeah. I was a 76 kilo human being. <laughs> You're like a short that. ass, like short ass, skinny yeah, I ass, you know. Muscles and shit, and I was, wasn't killing any bars. I was just, and it didn't make me run any quicker. And what people tend to forget too is that um, when I tested positive, yeah, mate. I was already I was already Australia's fullback. I was already Queensland's fullback. I was already the Clive Churchill medal winner. Right? And I'd already run. I had no reason whatsoever all to cheat. So, and no, no one looked at that. Yeah, mate. You know? It was it was pretty pretty funny that one. So, pretty funny. But anyway, anyway, that's all that's all history now. Water on the bridge. Um, back back to the questions. I've I've got maybe three more, and then we'll do a, a little bit of the Wikipedia fact or false. So, what's your take on the 2019 season so far? The preseason in particular, with all of the bloody debacles going on, and. Who do you think will be there for finals footy? And also, who do you think is your prediction to win the grand final? Is this the whole three questions in one question? No, nah, mate. <laughs> that's all just one because it's all related to finals in 2019. Sorry. <laughs> all right, mate. I, I think um, they, they showed glimpses. Nice to show glimpses this year, obviously, of what they could do. Oh, definitely. Um, I thought that Danny Levi's running game was sensational um, before his injury. So, yeah. um, Danny got everyone moving forward. And it wasn't until Danny started running that the, the whole team got on the back of it. So I thought that was pretty sensational um, through that little five-week period until Danny got injured. Um, yeah. Then, mate, they brought in Connor Watson to be a hooker, makeshift hooker sort of thing. Same sort of runner in the game, but he's had the same impact in defence, same impact, you know, throwing the ball out of dummy half. He stands up to throw the ball from dummy half instead of firing from the ground, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he's a runner, not a, not a hooker. Um, yeah. Made a great play at the same time. So... Um, they, they lost a lot out of that. And then I actually text Mitchell, Mitchell Pierce uh, after the, the origin, third origin, and said, mate, or before it, and said, mate, you need to win this. And if you win this third origin, as much as I hate this, you know, being a New South Welshman, yeah. I just said, mate, if you just win this, Knights will go win the grand final because you just need to get this, this off your back, this bogey off your back. Yeah, and, monkey and off your back. Lead, yeah. lead the Knights to the grand final. And it's gone exactly the opposite way. It's gone from ever since he's won that, he's... He's not doing anything. He's just like gone missing. Like, he, he's still doing what he has to do, throwing the balls, but yeah, yeah. The, the, the forward role's not there and the, the big fellas aren't doing their jobs and, you know, they're trying to rely on the little rap dancer at the back to do all the work for them. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, but he's, he's a great player. He's not a good fullback. He's a great player. So just he, he needs to become a good fullback. 
and why he's you mean Callum Ponga? Yeah, why he's doing all this work for every other bastard? Yeah, he can't he can't concentrate on becoming a good fullback. Exactly, because you know? so, he's literally, um, from what I've witnessed, as you were saying, pretty much carrying the whole team. Uh, yeah, as, aside aside from two or three other yeah, players, so he's carrying the whole team. You know, he's just coming up with that one magic moment that is inspiring the boys. Yeah. Um, where the mo- it should be happening in front of him. You know, the guys yeah. should be doing their work in front of him, and and then he just finishes off everyone else's opportunities. And he shouldn't need to do the magic moment if they do no, their job right, no. you know? But he's, he's, there's, a lot, there's a lot to learn at fullback. He's, he's, as I said, if he's going to be a fullback, and his, his defensive play, for one, he stands 70 metres back from play one. Um, and there's sometimes when they get through breaks, they can pass the ball three or four times before they even get to the fullback. So his defensive play is all over the shop. Um, he still prefers to attack one side of the field instead of attacking both sides of the field so that when he's got the ball in his hand so which pretty much just took Jesse Ramian straight out of play so yeah they, ne- they needed Jesse on in, in the year and they had to move Jesse around which has now led to his departure because he started arguing the fact that he's a right center and we kept on playing away from him and then you know the boys obviously got a bit greedy on what he's trying to achieve and Nathan Brown got greedy on what he's trying to achieve and, and turned out that you know he gets moved on from the club through unhappiness and um, mate if he just yeah if, if Kalen was learned to be that full fullback that he will, will end up being. Yeah. And he started, yeah. you know, playing both sides of the fields, not not well, favouring one. And he's he's going to be bloody, he's going to be brilliant. The best thing we've ever seen, ever. Since um, you, for the Knights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Since Gary Worth. I don't know. <laughs> so, anyway. Um, yeah, so, mate, they've, they've got a lot going on there. And, you know, we talk about this all the time. We talk about it at the start. No one's from this freaking town. Yeah. Um. Everyone's on massive big contracts. Win, lose, or draw, they get paid money. It, yeah. It's they're not here playing for fucking this town. They're playing, playing for their contracts. They're playing for their livelihoods. Mate, we played literally for a town because when we play a game, we'd walk down the middle of the bus and you cop a mouthful of some grandma walking past you. Yeah. You know that went to the game and paid her, you know, twenty five bucks to watch her. So um, these guys, they're going to get paid their their million dollar contracts. Win, lose, or draw, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. We did, we we did too, I guess. But at the same time, we we knew we were part of this town. And like I said, I got, I got adopted into this town pretty early and yeah. um, learned to love it that much. And I never leave. And when you come here, you never leave the bus because it's so much fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they they got to earn the right to, you know, walk around this town with their heads held high and go and go out in the town and get full of piss and yep. you know party hard. But at the moment, they're not. They're, they're doing it the other way around. They're partying hard and hoping they they can do the, the good stuff on the field. So. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, mate, that, that, that's, that, they're a long way away from where they need to be. They, they're going to write this season off, unfortunately, unless they come good in the next two and scrape in the eight, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, so you've got to keep fingers crossed. But not you don't, because you don't back them. Yeah. Um, I mean, mate, th- my team is, is, is also scraping in. They won last night, but again, yeah. they're, they're not, yeah, they're not doing too crash hot, and I don't see them honestly finishing in the eight this season, unfortunately. As much of a one-eyed nut as I am, I don't see them finishing in the eight. And if they do, they'll finish in eighth and get knocked out in the first round of the finals. Yeah, mate, they're just... They're probably one problem in that side is that a player that's been their best player for a hell of a long time has just played one year too many. Hasn't and he? And now, now they can't now can't find a position for him, so they chuck him in 5'8". So yeah. he just he should have went, should have just went, mate, this is it, but he's on way too much money, 800 grand a year or something yeah. to play. So why don't you just keep him there for another year? But anyway, that's yeah. all. So, mate, they, they might scrape in, Bronx. Um, then we've got, you know, East. Uh, I'm always going to call them East. Sydney City and... Um, no, mate, call them East. Yeah. Call them whatever you want, mate. Yeah, Sydney City and, and Melbourne, they're just 
they're just rock stars. They're just you know, too they're good, just, eh? They're just doing everything so nicely. And when they sort of get out there, I, I know they're getting their little one-point beatings here and there and whatever else, but, mate, when they want to put the foot to the metal, they just, like, they just go for it. Last week, I think it was last week or the week before the Roosters-Titans match, like, that's 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 a cricket score, that is. Well, it is, mate. And, and when they, they've got players that can score from anywhere on the field, both both teams have. Yeah. And they can score. And when, when's the Knights, I think, Edric Lee got a runaway try for an intercept. That's yeah. the last time we've seen any of our players run 70, 70 metres. Yeah. Where these guys do it three or four times a game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. They can smash you from anywhere on the field. And, mate, if they're not doing it on the edges, they're some... Big Ford's doing up the middle, you know. They're just so bloody good at what they do. We've got big cumbersome Ford's. Our best Ford runs backwards half the game. You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, and he's clocked up the most metres in the whole NRL running backwards, this bloke. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, mate, just, uh, it's, it's like that. So as we stand now, we've got then two outstanding teams at the top, and then everyone else is just having a little bit of battle to scrape in the eight around, whether it's the Paras and the, the Johnny Morris team and all that sort of stuff in yeah. the Sharks. So yeah. it's just that everything's going to, Come down to let's get in the final series and start the whole year all over again. So that's that's as it does every year. Yep. Um, but the two two boys at the top there, they're just in a canter at the moment. They're yeah, exactly. Just... They're in a league of their own. In all honesty. Yeah, um, they are. Now to, to finish off, there's one last question before we do a bit of the fact or false, and it's obviously the the obvious question for any former and current NRL player. Who did you hate going up against? In when when you were playing, whether it was for tackling or for speed or you know etc., who did you hate having to go up against because they were just either too good or you know hit real hard like you would been hitting by a freaking train. It's a funny one, this one, because you think of a million blokes that dug me freaking chest from the arsehole and you hit me hit me career because I'm <laughs> such a little man. But yeah, mate. Just remember, every time we go play the Bronx, yeah, and because. Obviously, you like the Bronx, but yeah, <laughs> every time every time we go play the Bronx, is that there's this one bulky chested bastard that he end up become one of my best mates. Yeah, and no matter where I go on the field, this prick would find me <laughs> and just dig dig into me. Yep. And his name was Tony Carroll. Oh, he, was, he, he was, would just he's one of my chase idols. Me, chase me everywhere. I'd, when I'd come in a scrum, I was trying to sweep around from a scrum or something. He'd just put himself in front of me. I, you piss off, TC. So, mate, <laughs> I, if you want to see a bloke drink a Freaking drink, like this guy. We walk in the city rowers, which is an old nightclub in in uh, Brisbane. Yeah. And in the origin, he goes, "Oh, mate, I'll, I'll get you a beer. What do you want?" I said, "Oh, I'll have a bourbon or something." Goes, yeah, okay, I'll get you a bourbon. And he comes back with two jugs of bourbon. <laughs> and Far I out. said, "Oh, I've got a glass." He said, oh, uh, "Bronx don't drink it much." Yeah. I no. said, "Really?" <laughs> and he just opens that big square jaw of his, oh. and he just tips the whole. Of a jug of bourbon. Fuck. No seen, way. Never seen a jaw like it. I've never <laughs> seen a drink like it. Oh, he's, far he's out. Crazy, crazy. They reckon he's mad. But mate, I, I, he's hit me harder than any person I've ever been hit. Yep. A guy called Les Davison one day in the third or fourth game of first grade. I remember yep. sweeping around close to the line. Hey, it was Joey's Joey's game where he scored twenty points. His first game of first grade, he scored twenty points. Yep. Um, I remember just underneath the goalpost, so I come around and Les Davison, he he hit me that hard that I. I think he hit me 100 metres. That's how hard he fucking hit me. Oh, and far out. I remember, get, I remember getting up off the ground and playing the ball really quick, just going, getting hit and going, wow. And then playing the ball. Yeah. And I always says to Les Davison that he made me the footballer I was. Yeah. So what, what did I do? I said, because 
it hit me that hard. Yeah. That it woke you up, should, sort of thing. It should have. It should have killed me. But he <laughs> hit me that hard that I played the ball straight away, and I thought, well, if that's if that's the worst it can get, I can do it all the time. It's like going down the. Yeah. You're on a ski slope and you're going down the black run. Yeah. And you, you tumble, tumble, tumble all the way down the black run. Yeah. And you get down the back bottom. You go, oh, if that's the worst. I'll, I'll go down it again. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's all you got to do is tumble, not, not get injured in the snow. You go again. So right. and I always thought, well. Yeah, if I'm going to get hit that hard for the rest of my life, that's not too bad. I can, I can put up with that, but it hurts. <laughs> Fair, cool. Well, thank you for that. Um, the last ones are the, uh, the Wikipedia fact or false. Question one, you were born in Currajong, New South Wales, but Correct. grew up in Toowoomba, yeah. as previously mentioned. Yeah, I tried to jump the border before I got a breath in. Um, <laughs> Dad come back from Vietnam War oh, in the okay. 70s. Yeah, and he got um, from Queensland originally. Yep. And... Dad got based at Richmond, yep. and Mum was based at Williamtown Airport in Newcastle here, so I yep. could have been born, born in Newcastle. Oh, wow. And then Mum drove down to see Dad um, when he came back from Vietnam, and she was pregnant with me, and she went to the closest hospital, which was the bottom of the uh, Currajong yep. Mountain. Yep. And, yeah, I got born there in the doctor's house. So, oh, nice. Um, the, the dad, dads, they go to the pub back then. They're not allowed to see the pub get born, so yeah. I went to the local, yeah. local pub, which is the wind. The Windsor Castle, Windsor oh, nice. Hotel. Yep. I got born, shows up there and, and looks at me and says, oh, we got a little boy. And um, mum goes, we haven't got a name for him. And dad closes his eyes for half a second, kisses a parrot, and he yep. goes, Robert Troy. And mum oh, goes, oh, Robert Troy, I like it. Yeah. He goes, where'd you get those, those two names from? He goes, oh, they're the two publicans that just got me pissed at the, la- <laughs> the last hotel. <laughs> nice. So I got named after the publican at the Windsor, Windsor Castle Hotel, Robert and Troy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> number two is that you're 175 centimetres, which is also 5 foot 9. Is it? That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm 172. Someone's giving me three three for a rat. We'll, ke- we'll, we'll take the three centimetres. Take, take it. <laughs> I'm 170, 170 now because uh, I'm getting older. Yeah, yep. apparently like grandma. Yeah, yep, very cool. <laughs> um, question three is: You ended your career at eighty kilos, but you told, but you obviously told us in this interview that you ended it in, at seventy six. So that's not accurate Seven, either. At seventy eight. Sorry, seventy eight. <laughs> so still not eighty. So gonna have to edit that as well. Um, <laughs> and the last, the last one is: You made your run on debut for the Kangaroos in the final test of the Trans Tasman Test against New Zealand in ninety five. And you scored a try in that match. That's correct. I was sitting on the right wing, yep. and Bob Fulton sent a message out saying, "Tell O Davis to have a run." Yep. So I ran all the way across to the left wing oh, and nice. done done a dummy half skirt. Yep. And just happened to be a dummy half skirt where I just ran straight through him and ran away, ran straight through Jared McCracken and um, ran away and scored. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, that that wraps it up for the interview. I want to thank you very much for joining us for the interview. Definitely no would worries, like to mate. have you back on at some point either this year or next year. And, yeah, everyone, that was Robbie O'Davis, former Newcastle Knight player, former Queensland player, <laughs> <laughs> um, former Australian Kangaroo, Clive Churchill medal recipient, Wally Lewis medal recipient.